I thank you, Jesus, for your goodness and your glory, for your grace, your love, and your mercy and your peace, and this oh so great salvation you've made available to each and every one of us. Thank you, dear Christ of Calvary, precious and holy Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And everybody said, "Praise the Lord." If you have a Bible, let's take a look at God's Word for a few minutes here. Very happy to be here this morning with you, and most especially with the Lord and His good presence. He's a great God, wonderful and mighty God, and I want you to have good faith in Him and His power and what He is able to do for you right in this service. All right? We're not going to think about tonight's service right now. We're not going to think about next Sunday. We're here right now, and so is the Lord, and I want you to believe in what He can do right here and right now in this service. In the epistle by First Peter, by Peter, First Peter, there are two. We want the first one. If you turn to Revelation and go back a few pages, you will find First Peter. If you have trouble locating it. First Peter chapter 1. And I'd like to turn your attention to verse 23. First Peter Chapter 1 and verse 23. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Everybody said praise the Lord. I want to take a few moments and minister to you about the good seed. The good seed. Everybody said praise the Lord. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. Now, when we read from the epistle of 1 Peter or anything from Romans to Revelation, I do want you to know that it is written to people who have experienced the salvation of God, that they have been born again. That's what he said. That's how this takes place, being born again. So you can see he's speaking to people that have had this experience. But let me take you back to Matthew's account, okay? Matthew chapter 13. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are four accounts of the one gospel, and that is what Jesus said that he was going to return when this gospel, this one gospel, has been preached as a witness to all nations. Then shall the end come. And so it's important for you to know that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are four accounts of the one gospel, and that they're leading you up to when that gospel brings the first ones. The seed has been sown in their hearts, and they are brought into the body of Christ because they're born again of that incorruptible seed. Now, Matthew chapter 13, listen closely to what he says in verses 23 and 24. He said, But he that received seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. It's very important for you to realize that this good seed, when it falls on a good heart, good soil, that it's going to bring forth good fruit, and it's going to bring forth that fruit in multiplication. Thirty, sixty, a hundredfold. A good yield of fruit a good crop, a good harvest. The Lord wants to sow the Word of God through the church in your heart, and it's a good seed, and it will produce a good fruit, which consequently will give you a good life. And Jesus did speak about that being a hundredfold in this life, being blessed in this life a hundredfold, and in the world to come, that life eternal would be yours. The good seed is impossible for the good seed, which is the Word of God, which goes even further. It is the truth of the Word of God. And that it's sown in your heart. It's going to produce something in this life and something in the life to come, something in this world and something in the world to come. You want to avail yourself. You want to present yourself and ask God to let the soil of my heart let it be a good soil. 
Let me receive the word of God. Let it be a soil that will take in this incorruptible, this word that is, is unable to produce anything rotten. It can only produce good. What a wonderful thought for your heart today that if you will take in and receive, receive with faith the word of God, the gospel of God mixed with faith and let that come into your heart, not your physical pump, but right here, the seat of your thoughts and your intellect, your emotions, and that you will take in, you will receive with faith this incorruptible seed, then you have a guarantee that it will produce a good fruit in your life. It's all about your heart receiving this good seed, this incorruptible seed. You want to upgrade the soil of your heart. Now, coming to church is like fertilizer. It's going to put something in there if that soil is lacking. It's going to make it richer in spiritual resources so that when the good seed, the incorruptible seed hits it, it's going to begin to produce a good fruit. It's going to produce the love of God. How do you get the love of God? You receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and that's what's going to cause the love of God to multiply in your heart abundantly the book said. Abundantly. It's going to give you joy. It's going to give you peace. It's going to give you a gentleness and a yielding to authority, a meekness. It's going to give you a temperance, a discipline going to give you some guidelines and keep you in balance and keep you from going way right and way left to where you, you get in a mess. This good seed, there's nothing bad about the Word of God. There's nothing corruptible about the chapter and the verse, particularly when you start getting it in subject matter. The church is ministering to you good seed not a rotten seed that produces a rotten fruit. It is written in Zechariah 8 and 12 that he said he would cause the seed to prosper. God can cause this seed placed in your heart, this good seed, to prosper. The church is sowing good seed. The church is gone from Acts chapter 2 where Jesus gave birth to the church, the body of Christ, a body of believers, and he sent them, he commissioned them, and sent them forth to go into all the world and to sow the good seed that would produce a good fruit in people's hearts and lives. You can have a better life. You can have a better life here and most especially in the world to come. You can have life eternal. It's time for you to wake up and realize the songs that are sung, the worship that goes on, the prayers that are prayed are fertilizing your heart and cultivating in your heart where you can have a good heart that will receive the good seed that will produce the good fruit in your life. Bible teaches very plainly that uh, there arose among this sowing of seed there was a rising up of tares. Now tares were hypocrites. Tares were lookalikes. Tares were counterfeits. They had a they had a certain look, but they were bad seed. They were rotten seed. And uh, Bible explains where this came from, said an enemy did this. There is an enemy that you have, and that, that opposing force, that which comes to sow rotten seed in your life, the enemy can only produce that kind of harvest. He only can bring about the thorns and the thistles and the cockleburs, the things that destroy, the things that make everything miserable in your life. That's what the enemy, no matter how he masquerades, no matter how he paints it up, no matter how he makes the billboard look, you hear me when I tell you the spirit behind it is sowing rotten seed to make for a rotten 
miserable, unhappy, dissatisfied life. And that's all he can do because he's bad seed. He's rotten seed. And that's what he brings a mess. That's why the Bible talked about the seed of that wicked one. That's what he sows in the earth. He makes things miserable. He makes wars and rumors of wars. He makes pestilences and famines. He brings all kinds of diseases. And he can get in there right at the birth time, let me tell you, right at conception time. And he can mess up the DNA. He can play games with your wiring. And he can produce nothing but rotten but there is a church that has good seed there's a church that Jesus said I'm going to have in the earth and it's going to go forth and sow good seed and produce good fruit give you a good life Jesus wants you to have a good life you don't want to open your field to the enemy and let him come in there it said that that happened while people slept don't fall asleep here right in the house of God. Don't fall asleep when the, the Word of God is being brought forth. Your mind gets distracted, looking other directions, thinking about other things. You have to fight that off in a service. You've got to tell yourself, God's allowed me to come here this morning. He's drawn me here. I'm not here by accident. I'm not here by mistake or happenstance or coincidence. I'm here because God wanted me to be here. God saw me in this service this Sunday morning before the foundation of the world. And God cares about me. And God wants to put good seed in my heart. I want my heart to be good soil. And I want him to sow that good seed. And I don't want to be asleep lest the enemy creep in there. Lest he come swerving in there, crawling on his belly and bringing rottenness into my life. I don't want the rottenness of his spirit in my life. I want the good things, the good things of God. And that's all that the, the good seed can produce is good things. That's what it has the potential to do, to produce good things. Where the enemy and his seed, the only potential there is for evil and for bad and for messing up your life and destroying things that you care about and love. And you want to tell yourself at this very morning, in this very service, that this is going to be my chance to turn around. It's going to be my chance to upgrade the soil of my heart. It's going to be with welcome, a welcomeness. I'm opening my heart. Didn't Revelation say? He knocking on the door and saying, if any person would open that door, he said, I'll come in. He, the good seed wants to get into the soil of your heart. And he said, bring every good thing, every good thing. He doesn't bring anything bad. He doesn't come to condemn. He doesn't come to put you down. He doesn't come to find faults. He doesn't come for anything negative in your life. He's coming with everything positive, everything better, everything being upgraded. You talk about being upwardly mobile. It's not climbing the corporate ladders of this world. It's not getting a bigger paycheck or a better benefit because I'm going to tell you, there's no reward or payment or paycheck like the one that Jesus Christ is going to give to them that are being born again of the incorruptible seed and a part of the body of Christ and going about sowing good seed. Ask yourself, what kind of seed are you sowing? Are you a sower of discord or are you trying to get a good harvest for the kingdom of God and win the lost of the dying and be a part of what God is doing? Put yourself in the category where God loves you. You get to be a sower of bad seed and God said he hates you. You want to be in a place where God loves you. You don't want to move yourself out of that place. And he's come to do good. Let's lift our hearts with our hands. Let us love the good Lord. And I give you praise. I will 
Say, God bless the offering in Jesus' name. God bless the offering.
said unto Michael, It was before the Lord, which chose me before thy father, and before all his house, to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore will I play before the Lord. And I will yet be more vile than thus, and will be base in mine own sight, and of thy maidservants, which thou hast spoken of, and of them shall I be, be had in honor. Amen. I bless you. You may be seated this morning. David, in this chapter, he went to get the Ark of the Covenant. And uh, when he went to get it, they were bringing it back. And they decided to make a carp to put it on. And as they were bringing it, they, it began to wobble on the cart that they had made. And one of the men had reached out to touch it to, for it wouldn't fall over. And the scripture said that he died because he, first of all, was not supposed to be touching. And second of all, they were not supposed to be carrying it that way. 
God had said in His Word how they were supposed to handle it and how it was supposed to be carried by a certain tribe and how it was only to be done that way. And But David, he had listened to other influences and he had let other people fill his mind with things and he listened to them and they'd come up with this idea and so he allowed them to do it and so this had happened. And so David, the Scripture said that he was afraid of it. He says, afraid of the ark, thinking what would it do if it came into my house? And so he went and he put into another city. And the scripture said after three months that the city became blessed and great things began to happen because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's going to be blessing in your life. And so the people came and reported to David saying, saying, King David, this the city of Obed-Edom, it's, it's being blessed because of this. He said, all right, we're going to go and we're going to get the ark, and we're going to bring it back. But this time, they went to get the ark, and they did it the right way. They had the men carrying the ark, and the Scripture said after a few steps that they stopped, and they gave a sacrifice to begin to praise God, because all of a sudden now everything is going in the right direction. It's amazing what will happen in your life when you pay attention to what the Word of God says, and you begin to do it the right way, and you stop trying to do it the way you think to do it. Amen. And so David began, as we read there, it, he said, it says that he began to dance with all his might. He put it all out there because he was excited about the presence of God. He was excited because now everything is starting to go the way it's supposed to go. And so he wasn't going to let anything hold him back. He wasn't going to start thinking of anything else because the presence of the Lord was coming home, if you want to say that. It was going to be back to where it needed to be. And there wasn't going to be anybody that's going to stop him from giving God some praise about that. Amen. And so the scripture says, as we read, that his wife, she did not like it. She looked, the scripture said, she looked down upon him. She was upset at the way that he was handling himself. Here, he's supposed to be the king here. He's supposed to be the one that everybody looks to, and he's out there dancing, out there not caring about everything or anything else going on. That's the way it's supposed to be in your life when you're living for God. When you get the Holy Ghost the way that God wants you to have the Holy Ghost, you're not going to be worried about what everybody's saying. You're not going to be worried about how you look or how you don't look. Amen. Because when the Holy Ghost gets you in your heart, there's only one thing you're concerned about, and that's giving God praise. That's making sure that you are prepared and staying prepared the way that you need to be, that you are focusing and only focusing on the way that God has set before you. Amen. And when you start doing things the right way in your life, following it the way the Scripture says it's to be done, good things happen good things happen but when you try to go through life substituting your thinking substituting your ideas into what God has and 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 saying that you're doing the will of God but yet doing your own thing that ain't the will of God you're either doing it or you're not doing it there's no in between here so either you're devoting your life to God and you're worshiping God with all of your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength, or you are doing all that to the things of this world. You're devoting all of your energy, your mind, your heart, your soul, and your strength into this world. And we understand that doing that is not going to get you to heaven. We see that in the Scripture. The Scripture, He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And he also says, if if you love me, that you're going to not only keep them, but you're going to follow them. <laughs> and if you love him with all of your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength, that means this is what you're going to love. You're going to love the presence of the Lord. You're going to love his will and his truth. And you're going to want that in your life. You're not going to reject it when it comes across the pulpit. You're not going to reject it when you're told through the scripture and instructed. You're not going to say no. I don't want that. I'm not going to do that. That's what this flesh is going to say. Every time this us, 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 all of what we are right here, in this makeup that God has given us, we are the ones that want to say no. 
That's not for me. And no, I don't want any part of that. No, that doesn't fit into my life. Okay? That's what the flesh wants to say. It wants to be lazy. It wants to get the cart out and put the ark on the cart because it's too heavy. You know, that's why they made the cart. Because there's just a couple people whining about working. Oh, that's, that's a long ways to carry that. I think we can come up with something better than that, can't we? Well, you know what? You may see some shortcuts sometimes. And you may see some things that you personally don't feel are necessary. But I want you to know every single little detail. What's the scriptures? Every jot and tittle. Every period. Every exclamation mark. Every little bit of the word of God is there for a reason. And we don't need to be changing it. And we don't need to be altering it because it fits us better. Who are we? To say, God, you didn't do a good enough job. Who are we to say, God, I don't think we need to pray. I don't think we need to read our Bible. I don't think we need to come to church. Because we can make it without all that. That's just extra. No, 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 no. That's not extra. That's the way you survive. You don't wake up when you're, you're first born and have a bottle and say, Oh, I'm good to go for the rest of my life. I had one good bottle, so I'm good to go. That baby's going to die. You have to have nourishment. You have to feed it can't get the Holy Ghost and say, I'm done. I'm retiring now. I'm willing to sit back here and clap my hands and put them up every once in a while. No, no, no. It doesn't work that way. It has never worked that way. Since the church has been born, it's never been that way. There's always been people being excited about what's going on. People going and preaching this gospel. People going and sharing their experience that God has given them in their life. devil, he wants to make it seem insignificant. He wants you to think that coming to church, serving God, doing the will of God, and, and following the scripture, he wants you to make it think it's just, it's nothing. It's just, you know, if you want to do that, it's no big deal, but you know, you know, there's, there's such a, a, a laziness or a slackness about it. And, 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 and every, every once in a while, even when you're Doing the obviously when you're doing good, the, the devil's going to come and he's going to try everything that he can, and he's going to put that spin on it. Oh, you're just wasting your time, and oh, you could be doing all these other things, and and oh, they could be so much more beneficial to your life, and all all this garbage starts pouring in. And see, you have to be a a a discerner of the garbage, and you have to be able to. Say, no, no, I, I'm not going to listen to this. I'm not going to be a part of this. I'm not going to allow this to influence me. I'm not going to allow this to alter what God has given me in my life. Because you can only listen to it for so long, and eventually you're going to start saying, oh, that doesn't sound so bad. Oh, they may have a point there. And see, what happens is that you eventually begin to listen to what the world is saying in the likeness of this world, in their ideas of things. And so church just turns into a Sunday morning thing you come to to make everybody feel better. And, and it makes you feel a little goosebump because you're coming and showing up. That's not what church is all about. That's what society has turned church into being. Because they want to feel good about the lifestyle that they're living. I'm not interested in what people call church. I'm interested in what the scripture calls church. I'm interested in what the scripture tells me I must do if I want to go to heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And I do not want for one second there to be any allowance of their kind of mentality to slip into my Holy Ghost feeling that I've got. I don't want to get lazy with my Holy Ghost to where I think, oh, I'm doing better than them and so I'm okay. No, it doesn't work that way. There is no comparison here. We are the example. We are the church. We are the light, the Scripture says. They're looking to us because we have the truth. And I'm not going to sell my truth out for anything in this world. I'm not going to sell my truth out because I don't feel well and because my body is weak and all this kind of stuff. You can go on for days and days and days 
about everything that's wrong in your life. Or you can just simply say, whatever, you know, there's going to be problems. Things are going to happen. We can't get, you know, so worked about every little thing. Every time we break a nail, I mean, we wouldn't get anywhere, would we? Or you just say, you know, God's on the throne. He's woke me up another day. He's given me strength in my body. He's given me a chance and opportunity. So you know what? I'm just going to go out with a positive attitude, and I'm going to keep my spirit up, and I'm going to give him thanks. I'm going to give him praise. I'm going to glorify his name because it doesn't matter what's going on right here. I know in whom I trust. I know that. I know that if I keep on this path that God has given me, and if I submit myself to him every day, that I'm going to retire in a better place. And that's all I'm really worried about today. I'm not worried about here. I'm worried about heaven. I'm worried about making it to heaven. And if you get so wrapped up on here and now, you're never going to make it to heaven because you're going to be so worried about right now. Let me tell you something. All you've got to worry about right now is making sure you're repentant, making sure you, your sins have been washed in the precious blood and that you've got the Holy Ghost. That's what you need to worry about. And if you ain't got that situated this morning, well, then you've got some worries. <laughs> you've got something you need to take care of. You've got a goal today to work toward, making sure you've got this done. Sometimes we get so many things going. we got this, this, and all these kind of things together. See, Pastor says, oh, we're just going to worry about the priorities today, the big things, and the rest of it was, you know, they keep going down the list sometimes and then something else you know, that goes on top of the list so the priorities here and that's what you're worried about and today we're worried about the priority in our life which is making sure we're ready to go to heaven all this other things that we have in our life they're just temp temporary they're just things that are here for right now but our spirit is going to live forever and we've got to make sure that it is properly prepared making sure it's ready to stand before its creator Hallelujah. <laughs> I don't want to, what does the scripture say? You can gain this whole world and you lose your soul. You have nothing. You have absolutely nothing. But the devil wants to make it seem that that's the only thing that's worthwhile, right? That's the only thing that matters. Having a nice house and a nice car and nice clothes and all these nice things, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if the day God calls you home, you've got an old nasty pair of shoes on and a shirt that's all ratty and you don't have a house to live in and you don't have any transportation. It doesn't matter. As long as you've got the Holy Ghost and you're baptized in Jesus' name, you're going to go to heaven. That's all that matters. Sometimes I think we need to rethink our priorities a little bit. We need to get our judgment back in place that we start putting priority upon the church, putting priority upon our prayer life, upon reading His Word. Amen. If we see something in this world we want, what do we do? We, we, we work for it. We do all kinds of things necessary to make sure that we can achieve that goal that we think is so great and so wonderful, which it is nice to achieve goals in your life. And I'm not saying that God doesn't want us to succeed. But I'm saying you can't allow that to overshadow what God's trying to do in your life. You can't forget your maker. You can't forget where your roots are at. It doesn't matter how much God exalts you and how much He lifts you up and how much He blesses you. You can't forget to call upon His name. You can't forget to worship Him for waking you up and giving you all that you have. Amen. I appreciate what David did. I appreciate that. Because it shows exactly what we have to do. We have to put all of our might into worshiping God. Have to put all that we have into the service that God gives us. And not, not thinking on anything else. When we have a need in our life and we're desperate, we call upon God and we don't think of anything else. Because we have a need. When we get sick in our body and we're going to die, we are anxious and willing to call upon His name. And nobody can hold us back. Because we understand then, oh, this is my only chance. But for some reason from day-to-day -day life, 
We don't feel that pinch and that priority sometimes like we should. Every day that we wake up, it doesn't matter if we're sick and dying or if everything's going good. We still have that same responsibility. We still have that same need in our heart to reach out and to call upon Him. I don't want there to be, have to be a disaster in my life for me to call upon Him. He's been too good to me. He's brought me from too many things and delivered me and set me free for me to think, oh God, everything's so good so I don't need to pray. And we say, oh, we're not like that. Oh, we don't do that. Oh, we do do that. That does happen. We get busy and we forget about God. We forget about His will and all that He's doing. Amen. We just need to look at the devil and say, devil, I don't care. He looked at his wife and said, honey, you ain't seen nothing yet. Because you know what? This is just the beginning. God's going to do so many things greater and better things and you know what every time guess what I'm going to do I'm going to get out here I'm going to dance I'm going to get out here and I'm going to praise God I'm going to get out here I'm going to do what God has called me and what he has placed in my life and I'm not going to let you or anybody else say anything about it I'm going to keep doing what God has called me to do I'm going to keep praising him all it takes is one person in their mind to make up devil I don't care what you say I'm going to do what I, I know what I got to do and see, then the devil gets mad because he's done lost that one. I'm not going to let it happen. I'm not going to let it happen. I don't know about you this morning, but I'm personally making up my mind. It ain't going to happen. You ain't going to stop my praise, devil. You ain't going to set me down. You ain't going to take me out. You ain't going to steal my joy away. It don't care what you bring. It doesn't matter what it looks like. I'm going to keep my joy. I'm going to keep my victory. Amen. I'm not going to look at the negative things today. I'm not going to look at everything that's breaking down. I'm not, I don't care about that. What I care about is the fact that Scripture says that He has all power in heaven and earth. And I'm in the place right now where that power is. And all I care about right now is receiving that power, receiving that blessing in my heart. Because I know as long as I got the Holy Ghost, I don't need anything else. As long as the Holy Ghost is working in my heart, Everything else is going to work out just right. Everything else is going to go right in place and align. Amen. But if I try myself, if I try my ideas, I get my little card out and say, oh, look how much easier this is going to be. No one's even going to break a sweat. You know what happens? Ain't going to be nobody lifting up their hands. Ain't going to be nobody crying out. There could be nobody worshiping. Nobody's going to be dancing. Nobody's going to be running the aisles. Because you know what? It's so much easier just to sit here, listen to the preacher, and just get my goosebump. And then I'm going to go out the door. I'm going to go home and say, oh, I went to church today. Well, you know what? That, there's no change there. There's nothing changing in your life. So what's going to happen is tomorrow morning when you wake up, you're still going to have the same problem. You're going to still be in the same depression. The same lock is going to be on your life. The devil's still going to have your number and you aren't going to be able to go anywhere because you don't have the victory. But when you get up and you say, Devil, I've had enough. You've, got my, you've had my number one so many times. You've held me back one so many times. I've sat here and let service after service after service go by me and I've stayed in this, this cage that you've got me locked up in. You know what? I don't want it any longer. And I'm going to get up and I'm not going to I'm going to ignore everybody around me like nobody else is here but just me and you and I'm going to get my victory. I'm going to get my praise on and I'm going to get out of this place that I'm at and I'm going to get what I need in my life. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord right now. Let's call upon His name. Hallelujah. Let's come to this altar this morning. Call upon His name. Giving him thanks for all that he's doing. Didn't give it to me. This joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. I said this joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me. No, this joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me. Come on now. This joy. Get to worship him. The world 
to me.